Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bink at Night. Oh, happy Monday. Jay Binkley, Christopher Tenpenny, a.k.a. Dimes. Dime time producing the operation. Royals in Arizona. Burn comes your way at 7.30 tonight. So abbreviated show leading you right up to the Royals in Arizona. Royals have uh, not been playing so well, Tenpenny. And uh, I had said yesterday morning that that was kind of my low mark because, you know, they got it 4-2 to the other night and Brad Keller had this great game and they lost the game and just kind of all the frustration coming. But it had last night... Or yesterday's afternoon game said, hold my beer. Hold my beer to the game before. But I don't see how you can't look at that game last night. You know, something they haven't done that late into a game at home ever. Losing like the way that they did in in that fashion. But that was one of those that just kind of uh, microcosm of the whole season, I think. The disappointment and everything with it. I mean, it's hard to get mad because you're mad all the time. Like, I already got to that point Saturday night. And then Sunday, it's kind of like... How, can, how do I take the back up a notch? So, so I didn't. I've hit that point a couple times this season already. And for me, it actually goes back to that White Sox game. The game five of that, of the rubber match, for that five-game series. They could have won back-to-back series. You know, come back one, three in a row. You're feeling good. Not only do they drop that game, not only do they drop the next two, and then they lose that game last night. It was just, it's gone from bad to worse to it's probably even worse as we go on with the Royals right now. It's so tiring. You know what? I'm with you, and it was very frustrating. And it's it's Denny Matthews. You know what what a call he had at, at the end of the game. And uh, I know that you were here yesterday for that game uh, with Vern, and uh, you, you cut this uh, gem. But the Royals leading six to nothing. It looked like a piece of cake, but the cake is now on the kitchen floor. The cake is now on that kitchen floor, and I will say this. I mean, you got to look at what they're doing. Now, I'm with you. I think there was a pivotal moment with the White Sox because they've had their way with the White Sox, so to speak. They had a winning record against every team in this division. That's, that's a promising thing for the next year. I looked at that, and I said, okay, well, they can at least compete with the teams in their division because I see Cleveland kind of coming back. I see Detroit actually going forward, even though they're not doing it at this point. And 
I saw Minnesota. Who knows about Minnesota? I was joking with Vern yesterday. They're either bad one year, then they're good the next. Then they're bad, then they're good. And you could never know what to expect from them. And I asked him, he still thinks the White Sox is going to take this division. But this year, the Royals are 4-4 four and four against the White Sox. You know, and had they won that uh, last game, they'd have been 5-3 and three against them this year. Had a winning record against them last year. And whenever they play them, they appear to be the better team, which is so frustrating because Chicago is going to have a lot more wins than the Royals, the White Sox. They're going to be contending. The Royals aren't. Yet when they play each other, it's like, why do the Royals get up to play the White Sox if they can continue this brand of baseball for the longest time? Then they lost that rubber match. Because then I thought, okay, you had the Twins coming in. This is time to start putting things together. Start putting things together. And they lose the last White Sox game three straight against the Twins, which, by the way, was their first sweep in Kansas City since 2010. That was their first three-game sweep in Kansas City since 2010. It had been 12 years ago. I don't know what you were doing in 2010, but it's been that long. Oh, in 2010, I was I was still watching the Royals and David DeJesus and Scott Pesednik and Rick and Keel were on those teams, by the way, name-dropping. I was watching those teams still, so I guess I'm very well-practiced at <laughs> watching losing baseball in, in these rosters, but... You just get so tired of it day in and day out. It's a nine-game road uh, road trip for the Royals now. So, you know, just get away from things, I guess. See if a four-game slide. Um, Royals went two and six on that eight-game homestand. But the, the troubling thing is this, because this has been the kind of the theme the last four years, these long, prolonged losing streaks. You know, like 11 last year, before May. I'm not talking about what they did in the summer, because they had those too, but before the summer. And then with that uh, six-game losing streak in 2020, which when you're only playing 62 games, that means a lot. But fifth different Royals losing streak of three or more games this season as they move to 12 games back. But yes, fifth, three games or more for the Kansas City Royals. But it's walking hitters that's doing these things. Uh, The Royals walked seven yesterday. They're now 2-14 and when they walk five hitters. Two and 14 when they walk five hitters. So you don't win. You throw strikes. They always say you got to throw strikes, but was that the breaking point? 913 576 7610, the J Southland Tow Service text line. Was that it? Because we're at 40 games now. So that was the quarter poll for the Royals. It's not like a knee jerk reaction the first week of the season, the second week. We're getting close to June 1st. They always say wait till June 1st. So I guess we can't wait till that long, Tenpenny. Because if they go on a roll in this road trip, because they're good against interleague teams. Yeah, but even then, I mean, you come home and you're playing the Astros and Blue Jays. So, like, very easily any any good feelings they could get on this road trip may quickly uh, fade away. So, I, I don't know. I I'm having I need to see it for longer than, you know, a nine-game oh. stretch before I start getting excited. Then you have to. I, I felt that was a blown opportunity to get things going in the right direction. Because they, they had lost two to the White Sox. It came back and won two against them. Then you win that rubber match. That was probably a pivotal game, if you go back and think of it. That and that kind of you know parlayed its way into the Twins. And then if you find a way just to win that game yesterday, because the week before they'd come, they'd lost six runs, but then they were able to come back, fight their way back, and go. But what I hate seeing is when guys like Brad Keller go out and deal. I mean, I know he gave up four and runs, but still, you could win with four and runs. And then Brady Singer, fourteen innings now, no more runs he's given up. And then you end up losing the game, and it's almost like an afterthought how good Brady Singer was yesterday. Because he was. He was great. Can you answer why he started the year in the bullpen for him? Because, like, even if – because, again, AAA worked wonders. He got to work on his changeup confidence, and we've seen it. Why didn't they just 
do that. Like you couldn't, you couldn't bring up some one of the peacocks or someone else to take a spot in the bullpen, and he maybe be on start number four or five by now. Well, here's here's kind of a reason. Bubich had a great finish to the season last year. Like he was really good down the stretch for the Royals, and Carlos Hernandez had throws hard. Now it's not showing up this year, but he was a guy that there was a lot of promise with. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so there's promise there. And Brady had to work on that third pitch, had to work on getting that changeup going. You know, had he had that changeup early on, it might have been a different story. He's in the rotation. But he's here now, which is great for the organization because it's, you know, a member of that 2018 draft class. He has to pan out. Like, of all these pitchers, he has to pan. I know Grinky's homegrown, but not homegrown with this organ, this front office. Singer is. And that's been the big knock, develop homegrown pitching. Like, Brady Singer's that guy. Like, they need him to turn out. They need him to work out for the Kansas City Royals. And last two games have been great, but again, it's sample size and it's two games. But they need that, just like they need Bobby Witt and MJ Melendez and some of these young guns to get Prado down here eventually and Pascantino and get those guys up here. But you got to have the homegrown. Daniel Lynch has shown some promise with the Royals. Again, that 2018 draft class. And I'm still waiting for Jonathan Bolin to get up here because I think dude's going to be a stud. He was at Memphis and... He was on the fast track. He's part of that 2018 draft class. It was one of the college pitchers, the college pitcher heavy that year in 2018. He made Team USA last year. He hurt his arm, had to go in Tommy John. So he's down in double A right now. But keep an eye on Jonathan Bolin. He's one of the Royals' top prospects. But uh, but you never know. I mean, you know, Coar, you know, back up in triple A right now. He may be nothing more than a reliever, to be honest with you. Yeah, his relief outing didn't go very well, though, in the one time it happened this year. My guy in double-A, though, with I like Bolin a lot. I like Alec Marsh just because of the strikeout stuff. We don't see that in Kansas City He's been often. on a roll. Yeah. When you can strike people out, that plays. He's been on a roll this year. but uh, So Bobby Witt gets the uh, day off yesterday. He's back in lineup today, by the way, so don't, don't worry about that. They were just giving him a day off, which is funny because you know, like Witt never takes it up. Witt Merrifield. And, you know, the thought was he needs a day off. I know he's got the streak going, but he needs a day off just because he was hitting so bad. Then all of a sudden he goes on a 10-game hitting streak. And you're like, all right, you see what happens when you have the patience to what Merrifield. But I don't know what's going on. I mean, Vern was on. I'll bring it later for you. Vern was on with the drive today talking about a repeat of last year. It does feel like a repeat of last year. It's, it's bad for the organization because what happens is we're getting ready for summer to start. Kids are getting out of school either last week or this week. And you've kind of made up your mind now what you're doing because, well, the TV package, we've been in that a million times. People aren't able to watch it, even though you can listen to every game on the radio and check out and see what they're doing or check your phone for updates and everything else because I get the updates, you know, no matter what they're at. In Arizona, get the updates. I'll watch the game tonight. I always watch the game. I always watch them play. I mean, win or lose, I'll watch them play. However, I get pissed after the games. Like yesterday, I was as pissed as you can get, like after that game ended. I kept saying, how in the hell? How could you not be? That was when the you... four words I used last night all day long. Oh, I'm sure those were the exact words that you used. But <laughs> 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 oh, but Vern's postgame show, anyone who listened to it knows. Like, he let everyone vent. Vern got to vent. It, it, that's the best part about Vern is he kind of uh, lets everyone get their emotions out. And somehow you feel better. After listening to Vern, even though they're 14 and 26 and they lose a 6 nothing lead, 
felt like it was just like a calming if you listened to all hour and a half, almost two hours of Vern's postgame last he night. He went a long time last night. Yeah, it was it, long. I, I, I make appointment to tell or a radio to listen to Vern's postgame because he wears the emotions on his sleeve, win or lose, like he'll bring it to you. Now, he's melted down before, more than last night. His apathy set in with Vern because I've heard he melt down more than that. You've probably been here when he's melted down more than that. I mean, he did say, I'm not yelling as he was yelling. So, I mean, he, he had his moments yesterday. But, man, I I think he's fully embraced the developmental season. So, even though the loss last night, Singer pitched well. You know, Rivera, Isabel had a good game yesterday. Like, if those guys do well, I think it, it brings Vern down a little bit because that's just where he's at. That's the mindset he's already taken, which I think we all need to take at this point. Well, most of the callers seem like they're – the frustration level had already hit him before now. I don't think a lot of them, it just hit right now. I heard there was, there was some positive stuff about just going out and enjoying the game, but there's more than that. It's called progress. It's called progress that you want to see. I mean, last year, you know, that winning record, the second half of the season, you want to see progress with the younger players, and you're not seeing it. You're seeing these prolonged losing streaks early on and burying yourself early, and I think that's part of the frustration is, can you see that leap forward? Is there anybody on this team you're seeing the leap forward? I I think you can say tangibly there's a leap forward with Brad Keller. Because he went 26 straight starts um, giving up a run. He's given up a run every single game for 26 straight starts. And he starts this year, had some um, kind of scoreless ones that went. By the way, Bolin is 6-2 and two with a 3-3-6. Triple A here double before a. long. He's a double no, A. No, I know. It's triple A here before ho- too long, hopefully. Uh, hopefully. But, you know, they, they, the organization will tell you there's a huge gap between yeah. able or double A, triple A, because of contraction. When they contracted, contracted these minor league teams, well, it when, kind of uh, messed up the progress with some of them. When's he going to start, too? They're already trying to get Hernandez, Bubich, and Kowar fixed up in triple A, too. So, I guess there's <laughs> there's that log, log jam that we've had in pitching prospects. There's one thing about triple A, though, when you go down there. And it's like you have to take those stats with a grain of salt. And it works both ways, too. MJ Melendez is a better pro player than he was AAA. Now, last year was different. He hit 41 home runs, but he was hit 167 in Omaha before he came here. Now, Pascatino is just destroying things. And that's a guy I think we'll see sooner rather than later. And Prado was, had a strikeout problem in the beginning. It's, it's shaved down to 38% of the time he's striking out. But you can deal with that if the ball's going over the fence. Like You, you can deal with the strike because that's what baseball is. It's about striking out. Vinny's going to be a fan favorite immediately if he plays decent. He's just got a great person. Have you ever checked out his, his podcast, which is pretty good? And he's just he's just a goober. That's how I would describe him. And Kansas City, you know, Salvi's kind of a goober too, and they like those kind of guys. So if he comes up and produces, Vinny Pasquantino will be a fan favorite very quickly once he gets up here. See, my whole thing was the whole dynamic between, you know, when Witt – Bobby Witt Jr. and Melendez hit home runs in the same game. And you're thinking, like, last year, that's where all our attention was on the minor leagues. It was Witt, Witt going yard, Melendez going yard. Melendez had 41 home runs last year as they moved up to AAA. Prado ended up with 36 and Bobby Witt Jr. with 33. I mean, they were the, they were the young Bash brothers. And here in Kansas City, you see this youth core come. But they've got to have the pitching to go along with that. And we'll see at the trade deadline what they do. That was the interesting Vern thing was saying today. Like, if you think Dayton Moore, J.J. Piccolo, who's still running the show, the trade deadline will show you what's probably running the show or not. 
because Dayton's been the one out foremost. We we take a lot of the criticism on Dayton Moore on the on the text line, and no one's really throwing darts at the G, at the GM. I, you've probably seen it all the time, or even some of your calls. It's always Dayton, Dayton, Dayton. But he's not the GM, but he is out front, and I don't think people have ever let go of the fact. Still thinking he's the GM. Why could you not think it's Dayton? Nothing's really changed as far as style goes. So just the title. Yeah, it's just the title. So I mean. Unless unless JJ's just an exact copy of Dayton, the or Dayton's still calling the shots, and so fans are fans are in the right to to call out Dayton right now. A lot of football and uh, baseball tonight. Before we get to Vern at seven thirty tonight, though, coming up next, George Kittle had some interesting things to say about Travis Kelsey yesterday. I'll tell you next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, six ten Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to Big and Night, Jay Binkley, Christopher Tenpenny, a.k.a. Dimes. So George Kittle was on with Florio yesterday. And they were talking about tight end university. It's one thing that Greg Olson was involved in. George Kittle helped start it, and Travis Kelsey, first and foremost, too. They have a hell of a time. Like they were, they've got sponsors, tons of sponsors. They're doing it at Vanderbilt now in Nashville. They originally wanted twenty five guys at it, then it bloomed up to like forty nine last year. They're expecting over eighty tight ends this year. I mean, that is a fraternity of tight ends. It's a fun group to be a part of. But the one thing about them is I think they're starting to get into that uh, into that area of what's our value. Like Mike Gazeki of the Miami Dolphins wants to be paid like a wide receiver. If one guy can do it, it's Travis Kelsey. Two years ago, he used that year as an example. The year they went to the Super Bowl against the 49ers, he had 77 catches over 1,200 yards split out. Split out. That's not lining up with the hand in the dirt. But here was uh, George Kittle on Travis Kelsey and his ultimate worth. So hear me out. I mean, Travis Kelsey, six seasons in a row, 1,000 yards. I'm pretty sure he has the most receiving yards over any wide receiver skill position in the last six years. And 
he gets paid half of what a wide receiver makes, which just boggles my mind. And so, I mean, to me, like Travis Kelsey, he's been doing it for so long and it's such a high level and he doesn't have an off game. Like I think he has one bad game a year and it's just because he's getting triple teamed. So like he's a player I look at and, like when he gets a ball in his hands, he's a monster. And you know, it's fun too, is like more tight ends and more tight ends are starting to get the ball more, starting to be more part of the offense, be more explosive. Like I love watching Darren Waller. I love watching Mark Andrews. Um, Ertz is really fun now down in uh, Arizona. Like that's just fun to see him just kind of dominate, get a lot of touchdowns. So Hawkinson, Tunyon. So, I mean, there's all these tight ends that are explosive and fun to watch, but you know, Kelsey's just, when you have six, 1000 yard seasons in a row, man, you're, you're a hell of a football player. You mentioned the pay disparity. The receiver market's gone crazy this off season. And I hadn't thought about it from the perspective of the tight ends. It's like, Hey, we do the same stuff and we have to block. Like, how do we get lost in the shuffle here? We'll see. I don't know. I mean, I, I would say that every NFL team in the last that's won a Super Bowl or been the Super Bowl for like the last five years is that an all pro tight end a part of the team. So I feel like it's it's a it's a it's not tight ends not just like a cog in the wheel. It's a it's an important position that can really um, add to your offense or does or diminish it. <laughs> so there's George Kittle on Travis Kelsey uh, from the nine from the eight one six. He's me. Kittle's just saying this to get himself paid. Of course he is. That's why he's bringing it up. That's why these tight ends are bringing it up because you know what? They want to be classified when people throw franchise tags on them at wide receiver. And can you blame them? Look at some of these wide receiver tag numbers and pro numbers. It's ridiculous. Wide receiver tag number, if they're tagged, 18.42 million. Tight ends, 10.93 million. Travis Kelsey, this season, his contract is uh, 12250000 and you see these wide receivers, you know, getting up there twenty-eight and thirty million dollars, or even Christian Kirk and his ridiculous contract. But he's twelve-two. Twelve-two is where Travis Kelsey is now. It goes up to fourteen, and then finally sixteen in two thousand twenty-five. But it's Kittle said he's had six straight years over a thousand yards. Greg Olson was the only other tight end to do it ever, and he well, not ever, but in a row that many times. He did it three times, so he has doubled the NFL record. And he's still going. It's six straight 1,000-yard years. Now, with four 1,000-yard receiving seasons, Tony Gonzalez, Gronk, Jason Witten. Shannon Sharp has three. Like, he's got six in a row. It just shows you kind of where he, and he's got a lot more yards to go to catch Tony Gonzalez for the number one yardage of all time. But he's got the ring on and everything else. But he continues to do his job. But not only that, it's something I pointed out a couple weeks ago about his stat numbers is, and it's really hard to believe, but most receiving yards in the NFL the last six seasons, so let's take the last six years. Number five, Mike Evans, 7,044 yards. DeAndre Hopkins, 7,048 yards, number four. Julio Jones, number three, 7,129. Devontae Adams, everybody's greatest wide receiver, 7,192. He's tied with Julio Jones. Number one. Travis Kelsey, 7,269 yards. So he's got more yards than Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, and Mike Evans. Playing the tight end position, meaning he's got a block as well. And then there was games a couple years ago where Sherman got hurt and he was playing the H-back role. So if anybody has that right at Travis Kelsey, but I'll give him credit because he's not doing it. Like he literally could hold out for more money and say, hey, I'm more valuable. I have more catches in this league in the last six years or more yards, excuse me, than Devontae Adams. He's averaging 99 catches the last four seasons. And despite Tyreek being gone, he's the number one target. 
Like last year, Tyreek got him by boy, 100, what, 110 catches, 111 catches. He had 99. So he got him one year. He got him one year. But he's still the number one target for the Chiefs, and he will be the number one target this year. So who's it going to be? Juju, MVS? Is it going to be Sky Moore stepping up and being that guy? McCole Hardman expanded role? No. Your answer is 87. But Kittle's right, though. Because we discussed this before about the, the these contracts and signings, and he's extremely underpaid. I remember for a while we talked about Whit Merrifield being the uh, most underrated, underpaid guy in football, and clearly that changed <laughs> that changed drastically. But he was there for a while. But you could honestly make a, a, an argument that uh, that uh, Travis Kelsey's the most underpaid player in the National Football League with those numbers. Like, who would have really believed he has more receiving yards than Devontae Adams? Christian Kirk got a four-year deal worth up to $84 million with the Jags. His new average annual value is $18 million. Is he worth six more million dollars than Travis Kelsey, Christian Kirk? Not even close. <laughs> no, he's not. Six million dollars less than Travis Kelsey. <laughs> but Christian Kirk's one of the most baffling signings in the offseason with that kind of money. But the, the receiver, but it's all in what's hot and what's trendy and what people are paying for. Christian Kirk has never had more, a thousand yards ever. Nine eighty two he had last year. That was the top he had because he never even got to eight hundred. He never got to seven ten before last year. Receiving yards. He's got very McCole Hardman like numbers. This is what he's got. But I did find that interesting because Kelsey, out of all these people, could claim, hey, where's my cash? So when I heard Kittle say that, I was like, he's right. He's right. And everybody's saying that now. Oh, look, Kittle was right. He is right. But people don't think about that when they see Travis Kelsey. They don't think of that. And I'll say that I'll say this too. And I told Kling the other day when we were doing the, the show together in the morning that you know networks are gonna come calling for him. And there's a really good chance he makes more money broadcasting than playing football. Because you're going nuts. Like with Joe Buck's getting paid, now my they're just going nuts. It's Sky Tom Brady going to get killing. And Travis Kelsey, they love him. Like he's on the ESPN pregame show. He did us before. He's everywhere with ESPN. Like the guy's got a broadcasting future. They come to him with more money than what he's making playing football. But he, but the, but he loves playing football, loves this team. It doesn't like holding on. It's a real reason to appreciate Travis Kelsey. Because if anybody has an argument to do any of these things, it's Travis Kelsey, you know, playing the good guy here. So, anyway, props to Travis Kelsey. But coming up next, Peter King. I love his Monday morning quarterback each and every week, but he always does these, these rankings of teams. After free agency, after the draft, where does he have the Kansas City Chiefs as far as top teams in the NFL? I'll explain next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Svetka goes next level. Replace your boring old cocktail with the Svetka Vodka Soda in three different flavors, strawberry lemonade, mango pineapple, and black cherry lime. Go responsibly. Remember, you must be 21 or older, and please drink responsibly. Spectrum Business always delivers fast and reliable internet for less. And now, new Spectrum Business customers get an added bonus. Eight weeks of local TV advertising worth $1,500 for free. So your business gets the best internet and $1,500 of free local TV advertising to bring in new customers. Visit Spectrum.com reach and make the switch today. Spectrum Business. No nonsense. Just business. Restrictions apply. Call for details. 
Doug. Chances are you're jamming in your car right now. And since Liberty Mutual customizes car insurance, so you only pay for what you need, Limu and I are going to show you some safe car dance moves. Hit it. Everybody, check your blind spots real quick. Now hands on the wheel. Put them 10 in two and move your head like a bird do. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Dear Dad, this year we're making Father's Day extra special with the Untucket shirts that you love. Untucket has the styles that'll make your summer great, from wrinkle-free shirts to performance polos and more. They're designed to be worn untucked, so you can always feel sharp even at your most casual. Father's Day is June 19th. If you still need a gift, check out the new summer styles at Untucket.com or one of 80-plus Untucket stores. Use code DAD for 20% off your first purchase. Untucket shirts, designed to be worn untucked. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back to Big Night. Jay Binkley, Christopher Tenpenny, a.k.a. Dimes, or Dime Time fame from... Uh, Coding gold. Do you like when they read your tweets? It's not bad. I I enjoy it. I mean, I don't I don't listen uh, every day, but you know when I do catch it, it's it's pretty funny most of the time. I have some stupid tweets sometimes, so it's well warranted. Do you ever think about it when you tweet like this is going to be on dime time? I try not to. I I'd be lying if I didn't. You know, there weren't a couple at least, but for the most part, I just tweet like I did before dime time. Like just we, we should thoughts. do one where you shout out Nick. Mmm. Give Nick. <laughs> Hey Nick, read this one. Right, I don't think he would though. I'd have to get, I'd have to tell uh, Cody and Gold about it to make sure it gets on. Because if I said something about Nick, I think he'd just ignore it. Those guys, those guys bet on the Thomas and Zelotors. I mean, you talk about hitting one too. Mm. 
What a bet. <laughs> we'll get that in just a second, but uh, that was great stuff by him. So Peter King uh, puts out his uh, list every year. Um, he does like one mock draft a year, and he does his, his rankings. And Peter King, he's dialed in. And, but he says, hey, man, this is the rankings are for fun. They're not the division. You know, who really cares? It's not like you're going to win your division if he picks you. But I am interested in what he has to say. Power rankings mean absolutely nothing, but perception does. So what are people thinking? Because I think perception can make great motivation for teams. Like, how good are you? What are people saying about you? And number one, the Buffalo Bills. Like, the Buffalo Bills continue to get all the shine. All the shine. Even Michael Robinson last week was what saying that uh, saying that uh, Josh Allen, the most clutch, clutch quarterback. Remember this NFL Network, Michael Robinson. This guy has the strongest arm in the National Football League. It was confirmed by my colleague and good friend and insider Peter Schrager yesterday. It's Josh Allen. Bills Mafia stand all the way up. The reason why he's number one. Let me take let me take you guys through some stuff. You already know. Guy had over 14,000 yards in, what, four or five years um, in the National Football League. He has the strongest arm in the game right now. And I can argue in our in the history of our game, I can argue that I really can make that argument. I can also make the argument that he doesn't have some of the weapons, some of the unique talents that a Patrick Mahomes has, ha- Patrick Mahomes has around him. But really why I like Josh Allen in the clutch the guy has 763 rushing yards and six rushing touchdowns last year. I know everybody's out there saying, but Mike is a quarterback. It's not like you're talking about a Lamar Jackson who ordered over, 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 over 1,000 yards. But in the final two minutes, you averaging 6.3 yards per carry. That's what Josh Allen does right now. So not everybody's saying Buffalo. The Buffalo has replaced the Chargers now as the number one team. And everybody, everybody loves them. They still have the Chargers, too. I'll get to that in a second. They still love the Chargers. But here's Michael Robinson saying that Josh Allen has the strongest arm in the NFL. We don't know that. He's supposed to have a throw-off with Mahomes. I'll still take Mahomes at this point, but he's supposed to have a throw-off with him. And does having the strongest arm equate to anything? Worth a damn? No. Jamarcus Russell, remember him? Former number, number one overall all pick, would sit... From the 20-yard line, throw it 80 yards in the air through the goalpost. It's pretty damn strong arm, isn't it, Tim Benny? But you know what? He couldn't do anything. Couldn't do anything in the National Football League. And we're also forgetting like Brett Favre played in this league. Now, that's a dude with a strong arm. Aaron Rodgers' arm is, is pretty strong up in Green Bay. So I. So when he goes off there about Josh Allen, just one of the many people, and clutch, he was talking about clutch within the final two minutes. Like, how can you do that when he lost to Patrick Mahomes doing 13-second drive at the end of the game to go to overtime? 13 seconds. Not only that, it was against the number one defense in the NFL. The number one defense in the NFL, the Buffalo Bills. That's like the biggest thing about that drive that won't go talked about is how good their defense was. They were like the 20th best defense. I mean, it would still carry some mustard because they did it in 13 seconds. But against the number one defense, come on, man. And does he have weapons? Stephon Diggs pretty good, isn't he? Last time I checked, Stephon Diggs is a pretty good weapon that he's got up there in Buffalo. You know, when Gabriel Davis, a real coming on wide receiver, had four touchdowns against the Chiefs in that game, he's got weapons. 
Don't forget, Cole Beasley got an all-pro vote like two years ago, too. He did. Dawson Beasley catches from two, yeah. I mean, they, Andrew Sanders has been there. They've got weapons. They've got a good defense, great defense, and they've got weapons. He, I'll say this. His defense is better than what Mahomes has been playing with. His defense is a lot better than what Mahomes has been playing with. So he can make mistakes. He's got defense. will bail him out. But the key here is, too, his offensive coordinator is gone. The guy that kind of resurrected his career, Brian Dable. Like, it's the one guy out of all these teams that really lost somebody very important to his development. And it's Brian Dable when he went to the Giants. Number two, Peter King's got the Chargers. Loves the Chargers. Hey, Herbert's a good deal, a great deal. But he hadn't made the playoffs yet. You know, we're sitting here watching Joe Burrow go to the Super Bowl in year number two. Justin Herbert hadn't even gone to the playoffs in two years. Why? Because their head coach holds them back. Their head coach, Brandon Staley, completely holds them back. His whole philosophy, and listen, I love the analytics, and I'm big into them, but at some point you just have to realize you're going against National Football League defenses. And as bad as you think they are, they're going to stop, come up and beat you. Like he lost to the Chiefs that way. You're always going for it, that philosophy. And he lost to the Raiders to go to the playoffs with the same philosophy. And... Really, the only example of a head coach holding the team back. I still don't think they have the answer there. We'll see about Brendan Staley, but I mean, he's a great players coach. He says the right things, does the right you know. But when it comes down to it, he's not getting to the postseason. So he's got the Chargers. But number three, he put Kansas City. So he did give the Chiefs some love. They're also the third uh, highest uh, Super Bowl odds in Vegas. Number one is the Buffalo Bills and the Tampa Bay Bucks, And then the Kansas City Chiefs. There and the big talk is who's going to win the AFC West, and I'll get it in that earlier or later, because Chiefs done it six straight years, and all the hot takes are well the Raiders are going to win it. KJ Wright, Russell Wilson's former teammate in Seattle for nine years, just said that the Raiders are going to win the division. Chargers are going to finish second. Chiefs third. And the Broncos with Russell Wilson, his former teammate, dead last. He's got the Rams at four, the Super Bowl champions, and the Green Bay Packers at five. Tampa at six. Cincy at seven, Baltimore eight. Cincy gets no love, in my opinion. Like, that's a team that can carry this with them, too. Because their offensive line is a hell of a lot better than it was last year. Like, they went to work on that. And then the secondary already has Jesse Bates, one of the best uh, safeties in the NFL. They draft Dax Hill. So look out for them. Philadelphia nine, San Francisco ten. So I haven't even got to other AFC West teams until now. 13, Las Vegas. So he's saying Vegas, the second or the third best team. In the AFC West, because it's got Chargers, Chiefs, then the Raiders, then at 14, he's got Denver. So, Peter King has Denver as the last place team in this division with Russell Wilson. So, finally, the Raiders getting a little bit of love because, again, a team to make the playoffs, and which really was the most difficult job in the NFL. Your special teams coach is the head coach. You lost both your first-round picks from just two years ago, and then all of a sudden, they find a way to make the postseason. Now, they can't win when it's less than 40 degrees. Derek Carr's proven that. But this is the reason why Derek Carr got an extension, because there's no quarterbacks in the NFL. There's none. That's why Mitch Trubisky has a job in Pittsburgh. But the Chargers' love, the Bills' love is strong. That's why it's so important. The Chiefs are going to have their chance at these guys. But I put it this way, Tim Petty, 13 of the 17 games, I think they play above average to elite quarterbacks. Tom Brady, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert twice, Russell Wilson twice, Derek Carr twice, Joe Burrow. 
I mean, yeah, the 49ers, whether it's Trey Lance at that point or still Jimmy G, Tannehill, he plays him, but I'm not putting him in there. So I have four games where there's a clear, clear, huge quarterback disparity. I still think there's quarterback disparity with everybody they play, but that's the biggest gaps when they play those teams. Yeah, the real kicker is the six straight, or all three teams in the division being elite, to, or, you know, middle to above average to elite quarterbacks. Like, you don't get that very often. Normally there's some kind of stinker in a division. Not this year. So that's well, the real it, kicker. It's just funny that, you know, it's almost, I mean, I don't know if their producers are telling them or what, but not to pick the Chiefs to do it. I mean, they are 31-6 and six against this division since 2015. I mean, that is ridiculous. 8-2 and two in the last 10 against the Raiders. 13-2 and two in the last 15. They've won 15 in the last 18 against the Raiders. They're 7-3 and three in the last 10 against the Chargers. 13-3 and three in the last 16 against the Chargers. And one of those wins for the Chargers was when they were playing the Chiefs JV. The Broncos have lost 13 in a row since 2015. The Royals had just won the World Series. Last time the Broncos, with Peyton Manning, who's already in the Hall of Fame, beat the Chiefs. Everyone wants to be first. Everyone wants to predict when the Chiefs are going to fall off and not win the division, or the Broncos are going to win, or the chart. Whatever the case may be, everyone wants to be first, but odds are we're going to see KC up there in the mix at the end. But the one thing I haven't heard is the whole head coach thing. Because Andy Reid's the only coach in the NFL to win 100 games with two different franchises like he did in Philadelphia, Kansas City. Who's the other great coach in the AFC West? Brandon Staley hasn't even been to the playoffs. You've got Nathaniel Hackett, that's a first-year head coach in Denver, who was the offensive coordinator, but Matt LaFleur called the plays, not Nathaniel Hackett. And then you got Josh McDaniel again, who failed out in Denver, rode the coattails of Bill Belichick once again, gets a head coaching job, and that's that's the head coach listening to the AFC West. To me, it's not even close. It's Andy Reid. He just doesn't lose in this division. Again, Andy Reid, unreal. He's 25-7 and seven on the road in the last uh, four years. But against the division, he's 36-6 uh, and six against the division, six straight division titles uh, since 2015. Averaging 11.8 wins a year, 4.2 losses. The Vegas over-under was 10.5. ESPN ran it through their fancy machine and had the Chiefs at 9.4 wins, which is two less than what he averages with the Chiefs since 2015. And you get the extra game. It's like, no respect, man. But again, the Chiefs can carry that chip, though, because no one's respecting them. Carry that chip forward. But I found that interesting with Peter King putting his ratings out. Come up next, we all heard about the battle with Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban. The least likely guy enters the fray on this yesterday. I'll tell you who it is next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Mm. 
Welcome back to Big and J. Binkley, Christopher Tenpenny. Christopher's going to be here for a minute. He's going to be here with Vern. Vern comes on at 7.30. A little late night, Vern. Royals and D-backs. Royals with that four-game losing streak. Zach Grinke versus Zach Davies. Grinke going back home. Do you remember it all when he was with the, uh, the, uh, the Dodgers and playing the Diamondbacks? Grinky, I mean, he played for the Diamondbacks, but then played for the Dodgers. And Ian Kennedy plunked him, like when he was hitting. But that was back and forth, and he also hit Puig in that game. That was a nice little fight between the uh, the Royals and the Diamondbacks. But Ian Kennedy, when he was a D-back, plunked Zach Grinky. Do not remember that. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, CBS Sports just tweeted out, should Travis Kelsey get paid when elite wide receiver makes? They're listening. Cause the kid, well, because the Kittle, but this is this stuff has already been out there. This has been out there for a couple of weeks. And Kittle said, you know, wide receiver, he gets paid half of what a wide receiver makes, which just boggles my mind. So there's Kelsey with the yardage more than more than Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, and DeAndre Hopkins. It's starting, man. Remember when Jimmy Graham wouldn't be paid with a wide like a wide receiver, not a tight end? I mean, it makes sense, and I can't blame him. But I'm waiting for offensive linemen to start complaining too. The left tackles, it didn't matter if you're left tackle, center, guard, it didn't matter. It's all the same franchise tag. Like just trying to prove that left tackle is is worth more than in those other positions. But that's not how it's seen with the franchise tag. Well, yesterday was the uh, PGA Championship, and uh, Justin Thomas gets to win, as I mentioned, Cody and Gold and uh, Nick. All had uh, wagers, legal wagers, too, from the state of Pennsylvania because Nick had been in Pennsylvania so he goes out there. But obviously, right here right here where we're sitting now in Kansas, um, it's been passed, so relatively shortly be able to make wagers sitting right here. Oklahoma, I'm not sure about it. I know that the most states have it. They don't have it yet. Nope. As soon as uh, the state I live in gets it, I move to a state that doesn't. So, uh-huh. I mean, Tulsa isn't too far away, and you can place your Well, they'll probably there, get it soon because I know that uh, you're all around Missouri, though. Kansas has it. Iowa has it. Illinois has it. Arkansas has it. Missouri will get there. It's just not there yet. But most states are getting it. Like most of the states are getting it. Then all of a sudden it's going to be passed a nil so you can pay high school players. Like six states right now have it where you could pay. And some of them are like Maine and Vermont, which didn't have football players coming out of there anyway. But California is on there. And that's why some of those schools in the SEC are saying, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We don't want the California schools paying these guys when they're in high school. But regardless. So anyway, Justin Thomas, who graduated from Alabama, Wins the PGA Championship. Five years later, after his win at Quail Hollow, it's Justin time again at the PGA Championship. Did you watch any of the uh, PGA? I mean, it was it had the drama. That you'd be looking for, or are you one of these? Well, Tiger's not in it, so. Yeah, I, you know, I, I kind of watched it, but instead I decided to torture myself. Watch, I was in here most of the weekend doing the Royals. Oh yeah, games you, you anyway, were working. You were so working. You were working. I was I had an eye on it, but I didn't get to see okay. a lot of the cool stuff. So at the yeah, end. so you have an excuse. So you have an excuse. So um, Thomas rallied from that uh, seven-shot deficit in the final round at Southern Hills down in Tulsa. Which you play golf, uh, Tim Penny, you got to go there and play it because you're going to be down there in Oklahoma now. Yeah, I slice everything. You don't want me playing golf. <laughs> he was asked 
if he would follow Saban's 24-hour celebration rule. Because they're friends. Nick Saban and Justin Thomas are friends. Of course, Nick Saban's been in the uh, news with uh, with the whole Jimbo Fisher back and forth, which I find hysterical. He goes, this is what he tells SiriusXM, their golf channel. He goes, yeah, I got a 24-hour rule. Quote, I'm not sure what Jimbo Fisher's rule is, but I guess he's got to win something before he figures out his rules. <laughs> so, I thought that was funny that JT, very likable guy on the PGA Tour, you know, gets right in the middle of the squabble with Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. He won. He won the PGA, so he can say whatever he wants right now. And he's friends with Saban, so just let it fly. I'm man. telling you, that fired up Alabama fans. Yeah. And not only that, he probably brought in millions more. Just that probably made. Because remember, Saban said these comments in front of business leaders. I mean, everything is done with the re, for a reason. Like this guy's one of the most calculated guys out there. And then uh, Jimbo going off as well, he thinks he's the greatest. Well, he is. He is the greatest ever. He's won more national titles than anybody. It's kind of like you get to a certain point, I guess. Like Tom Brady could go off on any player he wanted to, really, because nobody can match him. You can't. You can't match Tom Brady in, in what he's been able to do. So I guess he's gotten to that point. But anyway, college football is going to get fun. But Justin Thomas weighs in on that. I like it. It's all. Would we be talking about college football at all if it wasn't for this right now? It's good for the sport. Probably not. Not till summer when the media yeah. days start rolling up because the spring games are all done. Right. You know, so, so there's not a lot of talk on it. I love it. Bad Every, press is still press, right? Right. I mean, Jimbo saying that right. I like that he doesn't have a 24 hour rule because it was it was a great press conference. It wasn't very long, but it gave us great content. Absolutely love it. Well, the Chiefs always had that, too. I, Marty was here. was like, all right, go celebrate the night and midnight rule. And when it hits midnight, you know, start concentrating. Unless it's the Super Bowl or something, you can celebrate however long you want. But you have to be able to kind of push it to the back because you can't, you can't always go back and and have those. I, and, and Saban's a perfect guy because I remember when he won his seventh national title and all the streamers were coming down from the roof, right? And he was asked the question, what's it mean? And he was already talking about next year. He had just passed Bear Bryant. He's the all-time winner in national titles. And he's already thinking about next year. That's Some people have that in their blood, like the winning in their blood, and they'll do it at all cost. That's the way he is, too. That's the way Justin Thomas played yesterday. You have to have that middle ground, though. Like, I get it. You you already want your next one, and that's a great fire. You can't, then are you ever satisfied? Do you ever enjoy anything even for a minute? Like you can be satisfied for a day and then wake up the next day and be ready. You don't need to be that. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but no, you, it just depends. I don't. Yeah. I, I I talked about this the other day on maybe it was uh, yesterday afternoon or yesterday morning show with uh, with Grant and I was saying I don't know if you ever seen the thirty for thirty with him and uh, Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. I've not checked that one out yet. Oh, dude, it's. It's good because the funny thing was is when Belichick traveled down to Tuscaloosa and goes there in Nick's house and they're sitting there talking and and they both said, hey, can you move the cameras out of this one? Like, we need, we need to talk. But they were still in there. Like, they, they, they might have left, but they left their cameras rolling. And they played it, which I'm sure they got their permission to do it. Because they weren't, they weren't saying anything bad or weren't talking about anybody. And it wasn't pleasantries like, how's your wife? How are the kids? You know, what's going on? It was straight to... Three, four, four, three philosophies. Like they hadn't seen each other forever. They're sitting down talking to each other. It went straight to three, four, four, three talks. 
And I was sitting there back there saying, this is why these guys win. This is why these guys win. And you might say, well, they need to have life. They need to have life. But they do. We, we know Belichick's been known to hop on stage and sing Bon Jovi songs. And he's got that dog, Nike or whatever, that showed up at the uh, draft. Remember the whole Zoom draft thing? And Saban does karaoke with recruits and takes people on his on, on the skiing, off his boat and stuff. So they do have a life. They have things outside of football. But football is what made their money. Football is what made their legacy. And they're not about to give that up. It just shows you the difference between those that win and those that don't. But coming up next, CBS, so ranked. Who's got a better chance at winning their division from last year's divisional winners? Tell you where Kansas City ended up. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bank at Night. Welcome back to Bacon Night, Jay Binkley, Christopher Tenpenny, a.k.a. Dimes, a.k.a. hasn't seen the 30 for 30 with Saban or Belichick, who's already getting crap on his text line, or not his own text line, his, te- his, his phone. I guess that's his personal text line. Does, do, do, do you call it your text line? No, I just I just call it like every other normal human, like your your, your messages. <laughs> Is this is this a, a fame of Saban or Belichick? Mm, I hmm. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I for as far as sports documentaries go, I don't know what it is, but I haven't really been watching them for the last year or two, which is kind of weird as a sports guy, but kind of fell off watching getting checking them out. See, I'm a, I'm a huge um, thirty for thirty fan. I think they're great. And I'm waiting for one. There's one I've been waiting for, Tenpenny. It's called When the IRS Comes Knocking. Like all these Neil deals, people are getting, you know, those 400, 500 grand, million dollar deals. Got to make sure you pay the government because they will come out after you. That's the one you're excited for when the IRS comes knocking? <laughs> Not really, but it'd be funny. <laughs> You know, guys just going out there blowing it. Yeah, hey, that's and true. They're not saving anything back for the government. They're all sitting there doing their taxes the next year and like, ugh, crap. That'd be a hard one to make. Imagine trying to get all the information and the interviews and stuff to get to make it interesting. Like, I'd like to bring somebody on for the from the IRS. I know that sounds ridiculous because we all run for them every year. But do they have a separate nil division? Do they have the same, you know, a separate name, image, and likeness? Because there's a lot of confusion. Guys hit the transfer portal, got to give cars back, got to give deals back. What kind of deal did you sign? Did you sign, you'd endorse the company. That's what Saban and Fisher were haggling about because nobody knows the rules. Like Saban knows the rules because the rules are you can't pay players before they get there. You can give them all the cash they want once they show up, which is probably a lot of wink, 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 go ahead and commit here. You can jump at the portal anyway if you think I'm lying to you, and then we'll, you'll get your money because – Players can do that. Like, well, they promised me, you know, $500,000, and they haven't done it. I'm hitting the transfer portal because I can go wherever I want. The coach can't stop me. And I can play right away. So they do have that power to do that if they don't come true, which I think the rule is you can't pay them to get there, but they can wink, 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 go ahead and sign the dotted line. Then you can start making all these nil deals from our boosters with a lot of cash. Kansas has been doing that for years, so – well, I just think it's interesting because these boosters, you know, they, they've always wanted the power to decide, like, who's the next head coach. 
or be informed who they're looking at to be the next head coach. And, you know, everybody's saying, well, they shouldn't have the power. They shouldn't have the power to do it. You know, it's the way anything is. Business, whatever. Well, you give a lot of money, but should you have a say-so? But here's the thing. That person giving you a lot of money may not want to say so, but they want to be involved. Because here's the deal. You go crying to them when you have a coaching buyout. And, you know, you owe $5 million on a coaching buyout. So you go to those money people and you say, hey, uh, can we borrow money? Also, we want to put a new gym in. Can you put your name on it and put a new gym in? Like, they run to them with those deals. And they run to them and they're going to hire a new coach. And now they're running to them for nil deals. So never as boosters and business owners that went to a school, they're supporters of the program, been more important than what they are now. So eventually they're going to want more of their power. But enough of that. CBS ranked the division winners from last year. You know how this thing goes. And that's why you, I never look at the strength of schedule, except for the ones I like the better, like sharp football, when they, they'll look at your over-unders in Vegas for this year. Because what you did last year doesn't matter. It's like the Bengals. They, bring, they brought down people's strength of schedule last year because they only had four wins the year before. But it, it was a Super Bowl participant. So you know what I'm saying? Like you look at it and say, well, but the Bengals are bringing people down. They put the Bengals as the shakiest division winner last year, which they might be. It depends on the Baltimore. I think the Baltimore Ravens are their team that finished last last year, but they had the most injuries in the NFL. I can't even remember a team in the NFL history that had as many important injuries as the Ravens did. I mean, I'd like to say, okay, Deshaun Watson's going to battle him, but he's probably going to have to miss some games. He's probably going to have some missing games. Then what are they going to do? And Trubisky's the quarterback in Pittsburgh. So I don't think that the Bengals are the shakiest. I'll put it this way. They bring in Alex Kappa. They bring in Leo Collins. They strengthen their offensive line. Joe Burrow was sacked morning a quarterback in the NFL. You can honestly make the argument that's why they didn't win the Super Bowl because Aaron Donald just took over in that second half because he couldn't block him. But they brought in guys to block. And as I mentioned, they're secondary. They added Cam Taylor Brett. Through the draft, that outstanding cornerback from Nebraska that I really wanted the Chiefs to get. And they brought in Dax Hill, arguably the second-best safety behind Kyle Hamilton in the draft this year. And Jesse Bates is already there. So, thing on the Bengals, though, is they did play a fourth-place schedule. They did. No. I I know they proved that they won three playoff games. They beat the Chiefs twice. Like, I get that we could probably ignore that, but they are still playing a, t- a t- much tougher regular season schedule. No, it is, but in the most part, it is the same schedule that everybody plays, but it depends on where you're playing. That, that's where they get you in the strength of schedule because everybody plays their own division, and then you play a division in the AFC, the same one. Every, everybody's got the same teams, and you play the same division in the NFC. So you all play the same teams, except for two. There's two wild card teams that you play that finish with poor records, bad records. And you play them, and then the reciprocal division, the NFC, from the year before, like the Chiefs this year will play the Bucs because they played them two years ago in the regular season, so they'll play them again this year. And last year was a home game for the Chiefs, so down the road. But again, teams move up and down so fast that if you finish third in your division, you might be a lot better. Like people getting the Broncos this year, a couple years ago the Broncos really sucked, and all of a sudden they're a good football team to play at this point. So the Cowboys, number two in the NFC East. I think Philadelphia can challenge that. I do. I think Philly can challenge. So that's the second shakiest. So I, I, I'm with them on that. I, I'm with them on the commanders. No, like the commanders. No, the giants. No. So there's two teams in that division. I feel that not even going to have a chance. The Eagles are the only other team in that division. 
Like like AFC West, you could make an argument they all four have somewhat of a shot at the division, even though I don't think they'll, they'll win it. It'll be the Kansas City Chiefs, but they have a legitimate shot. The East, they have two teams, Philadelphia and, and Dallas. Not a believer in Carson Wentz or Danny Dimes. You know I have to like Danny Dimes. It's just I know you do because you're Dimes. <laughs> Titans, AFC South. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think the Colts are going to be a, a strong player there. Number four, the Chiefs. They're right in the middle. AFC West to, to get their six straight. Because they're looking at the Raiders and the Broncos and the Chargers. The Rams, the NFC West. They're fifth. Of course, they're looking at the Niners being the team there. The Bills, the second non-shakiest team to win the AFC East, and the easiest team to win their division, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC South. And obviously things changed when Tom Brady said he's coming back. Gronk still hasn't made up his mind. Bruce Arians now gone. He's still in the front office, but gone. But to put the Chiefs right there in the middle. And again, Dimes, this is where I'm coming back from. Until you knock off the King... You're not the king. They've won it six straight times. None of these other teams have done it. And again, none of these teams have a head coach that's dominated the division like Andy Reid has. Like he's dominated it. Did you know this? Patrick Mahomes, and say what you want about Patrick Mahomes. I know that people had these great stats about him. There were some stats about him during the middle of the year that weren't good. Here's one stat about Patrick Mahomes that'll blow you away. You know what his road record is against divisional opponents? The ones that matter, the divisional opponents. So at Denver, at Vegas, which was also Oakland, at the Chargers. Do you have any idea what Mahomes' record is? He's played 13 games on the road because the first one was that Denver game back in 2017, that last game of the year. So this is the most impressive stat to me. It was that he has never lost by more than a touchdown, and obviously that's been – been been ruined, but he's still not getting blown out like forty-one to fifteen, like Josh Allen did to the Colts last year. Still not losing to the Jaguars like he did there. But thirteen games in the division on the road. Can you tell me his record? Just a. It has to be thirteen and zero, right? It was, it's thirteen. Yeah, 0. I was like, I can't think of one. I can think of the ones at home. Thirteen and zero divisional games on the road. So all these stats, that one stands out the most to me. Thirteen and zero division on the road. Joe Montana has the uh, all-time record, and he's got a ways to catch him. Joe did it 20-0 uh, back in 1984 through 93. So Joe Montana did, was 20-0 against divisional opponents when he was in San Francisco. But Mahomes, 13-0 and on the, on the road. His best record in divisional games since the merger. Since, since the merger, divisional games. He's 21-3. That includes the games at home because they have lost some games at home. It's an 864 winning percentage. Tom Brady was 92 and 24, a 793 winning percentage. So he's 21 and 3, regardless of where they're playing against the division, 13 and 0 on the road. Those numbers really stand out as far as both. Those are incredible numbers. He's never been beaten the division on the road. So let's keep picking other teams. Let's keep picking our teams. It's the way to go. Coming up next, uh, Josh Vernier, who will turn things over to here at 7.30 for Vern's On Deck Show. Spoke with the drive. Had some really interesting things to say to Carrington today about the front office and how he kind of sees this Royals team like he did last season. We'll get to that next. 
This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Bank at Night. Jay Binkley, Christopher Tenpenny, a.k.a. Dimes. He's getting a lot of crap from a friend about not watching that 30 for 30 with Saban and Belichick, which I'm going to put that as a homework assignment for you, Tim Penny. We're working together tomorrow night, right? So I might be able to watch it while I'm watching the uh, Royals game tonight. I'm going to do a full hour on it tomorrow. So. Yeah. There, okay, <laughs> there we go. I'll, I'll no, take some notes. I'm not going to bore anybody. I'm not going to bore anybody with that. I do miss the days where the station used to send me to the SEC media days, though. I'm not going to lie. Like, I used to miss that. Because it was always in Hoover, Alabama at that point. Because I'll never forget the first time I went down there was, uh, or maybe the second time, and uh, it was when Johnny Manziel was down there. Because they always bring like three or four players the teams do. And this was after he was just kicked out of the Manning Passing account Academy because I don't know what, but he was answering questions for the first time. I remember everybody gathering around Johnny to see what he was going to say during that. But it's, it's good stuff. Then I remember driving down to Tuscaloosa, just to see the stadium, which is funny because there's this nice three-lane highway in there. You could tell the highway is just built for football games. Because then you get in that town, they have this old diner that I saw Todd Blackledge eat at one time, right? It was Taste of the Town, which is really cool. I don't know if he still does it or not. I don't think he does. But you go to these college towns for games, you would always eat at one like popular spot you know, around the stadiums and stuff. And it was cool. It's called Ramajamas. And the dude, the guy that owned it, looked like Nick Saban. Like, he looked like Nick Saban, so it was, was kind of cool. And the other one was, in where you're going, kind of in Norman. I don't know if they still have it, but it's a Sooner Motel. What a hotel, but a motel. And every room was like the Billy Sims room or different Oklahoma legends, and you stayed there, and there's pictures on the wall and everything. And Lon Kruger was staying there because he hadn't got a house yet or whatever. He was staying there, but it was all propaganda, man. It was like the most propaganda you've ever seen for the University of Oklahoma. Have to go check it out. Just take in the sights when I get down there. It's, what, 30 minutes from Oklahoma City. Right. So you can make it down there and watch some games. I recommend college baseball games. I don't know if you've ever, you've ever, because I know how much you like baseball. I'm sure you did a lot of this in college where you go watch college baseball, but it's a lot of fun, some of these Big 12 series uh, in college baseball. So maybe you'll have fun doing that. No, and I heard really good things, too, about the um, Oklahoma City Dodger AAA team. Um, down there and how nice their stadium is. So there will be plenty of baseball down there for me to enjoy. Are you going to go to any Thunder games? I'm going to try. I've never been a huge NBA guy. Yeah. Well, maybe you, can, you so will be now because that's your team. Maybe yeah. Maybe I'll just take on the Thunder and, and become a rabid fan. All right. Well, I'm just, I'm just curious what you're going to do. Uh, Vern, that you can catch coming on 730, had a couple interesting things to say. Well, you can check out the whole thing on the podcast page, 610sports.com about how the 2022 Royals, a rerun of 2021. It's 2022 just basically uh, being the caboose on a disappointing 2021. Everything feels very much like a rerun. And look, there's way too much new entertainment content out there that people aren't going to watch a rerun unless you're one of the greats, right? We, we talk about Tom Cruise's great movies. We could talk about great television shows. You'll watch those uh, reruns. 
you're not going to watch the 2021 Royals again, and that's what they're putting on the field. 2021 Royals, uh, very disappointing season. At that, I, I said something stupid back in 15, Christopher. I said, this is, you know, like at 14, they go all the way to game seven. In 2015, I don't know how, what you said to yourself. I mean, let's, let's be honest here. Let's, let's have an honesty hour. You know, honesty minute. We don't have an hour, or I would. But I said, just give me the world title. So they put that banner up that'll fly forever. And I'll take 10 years of mediocre baseball. 10 years. Because you know what? Been since 85, man. I was a kid. Like, I was a kid. But I enjoyed it because I was a kid that got enjoyed the 85 team. Hell, I went and sat in the stands with my mom as a seven-year-old at the 1980 World Series. So I was, I was a fan of that. But, dude, it had been so long. You know, you're talking about, you know, 30 years. And just give the title because no, no small market team won. I'll take 10 years of mediocre baseball if they'd win the title. And my, my stupid ass said this, and I feel bad and hypocritical. But here's the thing. I don't consider this mediocre. I consider being the worst team in the American League worse than mediocre. I don't consider this being in the middle of pack like Cleveland or something. Like, this is this is not mediocre. No, and I, I probably said the same thing because... Yeah, a lot of people did. Yeah, like, I'll, I'll, I'll take some... I probably said even worse. Like, I'll take this, you know, and I would like to go and smack myself and be like, no, you, you don't <laughs> want to take this because this is hard to watch every night. Well, the whole thing is, like, you're sitting there... And you're watching these games and you're cringing. You got a towel in your mouth or whatever. You're cringing. You know, Alex Gordon's going to hit that home run off familiar, and he does. And you said, man, just give me this title. Just give us this title. Give us this title. Give us this parade. I will take 10 years of mediocrity because that's what it was. It was 30 years of mediocrity. I mean, they had some good seasons mixed in there from time to time, but not a lot of them. It was a lot of 100 lost seasons. It was a lot of less than mediocrity. It's just... It's still funny. We all do it. All Royals fans do it where every time something starts to click, we start to be like, oh, this is like the 2013 or this is like the 2012 Royals. We're a few years away. Like, are are we? It's not the same team. Not like we got to get over that I part and comparing soul. it to those teams. Sold my soul. <laughs> Here's Vern talking about the uh, front office power structure, a little bit different. If it's more of the same, well, then the ball's in John Sherman's court. Well, then uh, we're going to see what kind of owner he is. I had someone bring up on the postgame show last night about uh, the Chiefs uh, going 2-14. and 14. We all remember what Clark Hunt did after that. He said, to hell with this. Here we go. I'm taking charge. Andy, uh, you're not going anywhere. You're coming to Kansas City. You're our head coach. And we all know what's happened with that franchise since their owner. Uh, took the bull by the horns. Um, if it is same old, same old, I don't believe it is. I, I think J.J. Piccolo's running a, a, a different ship as, as general manager with the Royals. Uh, but if I'm wrong, uh, well, then John Sherman, it, the ball's in his court to do something. And Vern's right about that. 2012 Kansas City Chiefs season was the most miserable season I've ever been alive for in Kansas City. It was that bad. I mean, they were getting compared to the 1927 Buffalo Bisons because they didn't have leads. We had Inside Edition here interviewing us because of uh, – uh, Eric Winston's comments on the Matt Castle. It was bad, man. It was bad. But you know what? People won, People respected the hell out of Lamar Hunt. Great owner. But you know what? Clark Hunt did take the Bulls by the horns, and he kept Andy Reid from going to Arizona for job interview. I still contend Bruce Arians would have been the coach here if it wasn't Andy Reid. Anyway, had a good time. Josh Vernier's on next. Vernier's on deck show. Ten pity. I'll see you tomorrow night, brother. 
This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 